This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, July 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Farmers find out their MFP rates. CDFA increases food safety inspections. And Tulare gets largest dairy biogas plant. The new MFP. Did the USDA get it right this time? USDA officials hope the second time is charmed. The 2018 version of the Trump administration's market facilitation program was heavily tilted towards soybeans, leaving significant disparities between commodities and regions. The new version is out now, and there are still disparities, this time between counties as well as regions. The county payment rates vary from $15 an acre all the way up to $150 an acre, and there are significant variations between neighboring counties. Farmers within a county are going to get differing payments if some could get their crops planted and others couldn't. Here's why it matters. The top Republican of the House Agriculture Committee, Texas Representative Mike Conaway, said every farm group is likely to have members that are really, really happy and folks who are generally disappointed because they didn't get higher payments. Iowa farmer Wayne Fredericks, a board member of the American Soybean Association, said he was satisfied with the package after a briefing by Bill Northey, USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. The meeting gave me confidence that they were trying to be very fair, Fredericks told AgriPulse. They were trying to really identify groups that were hurt, so I'm not going to argue with that fact. By the way, House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson of Minnesota says he was assured by USDA officials at a committee briefing yesterday that they would release the data used to develop the county rates. New MFP spreads the benefits. Specialty crops like hazelnuts, pistachios, and walnuts didn't get the attention that row crops did in the USDA's first trade aid package, but that's changed this time around. A much wider variety of crops is included in the USDA Second Market Facilitation Program, and that represents much-needed help, according to California Walnut Commission Chair Bill Carrier. He said, we are appreciative to receive some relief for our growers who have been suffering from suppressed pricing since tariff retaliation began. Producers of walnuts as well as almonds, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, pecans, and pistachios will receive $146 an acre under the new MFP. Cranberries, ginseng, sweet cherries, and table grapes will all receive payments based on pounds of production. China now levies a 65% tariff on in-shell walnuts and a 60% tariff on walnut kernels, and that has cut U.S. exports by more than 50%. For much more on the trade assistance package, read our coverage at agripulse.com. CDFA prepares for produce safety inspections for small farms. The Department of Food and Ag is mailing surveys to 8,000 small and very small produce farms. The answers will help coordinate the inspections that begin in January for this category of growers. California has many more produce farms than any other state of the nation, according to CDFA Secretary Kieran Ross. Approximately 20,000 farms in the Golden State will now be subject to new food safety regulations under the produce safety rule. Working on behalf of the Food Drug Administration, CDFA began inspections of large farms in April. The next wave will cover operations with average annual sales of less than $500,000. Farms that do not comply with the produce safety rule can face economic, regulatory, and legal consequences. And on that note, 
United Fresh recently announced it has launched a new round of revisions for its Good Agricultural Practices Harmonized Standard. The current version was released in 2016 after changes were made to align it with the FDA's produce safety rule. A technical working group will kick off the process at a meeting in Washington, D.C. in September after the United Fresh Conference. This follows new water requirements announced by the California Leafy Greens Marketing Agreement in April. Dairy Biogas Facility in Tulane County expands to be the nation's largest. Calgren and Southern California Gas are holding the official opening ceremony at, on Monday for a new biogas plant and also announced that eight new partnerships with dairies will make this the largest such operation of the U.S. by the end of the year. Calgren built its anaerobic biodigester in 2014 to fuel its ethanol plant in Tulare County. In February, the facility expanded from collecting cow manure at one dairy to now four. It has also started injecting the processed natural gas into an existing SoCal gas pipeline system. The plant sits in the San Joaquin Valley, a town of Pixley, an area where state and local regulators are ramping up efforts to improve air and water quality. Just a few statistics. Manure is collected from more than 75,000 cows. About 130,000 tons of greenhouse gases are captured annually and up to 2.26 billion cubic feet of renewable natural gas is also produced. And on that note, Governor Gavin Newsom has announced a deal with four automakers to continue emission reductions despite federal rollbacks. Despite progress over the years, the administration said California must still reduce smog in Los Angeles by 80 percent and the San Joaquin Valley by 50 percent. Lighthizer meeting lawmakers on USMCA. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer is going to be in China for trade talks much of next week. So he's been using what time is left this week on Capitol Hill to address remaining concerns over the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement before the August recess, a government official tells AgriPulse. Lighthizer met with lawmakers yesterday, and those talks will continue today, according to the official. Mexico's ability to ensure that it follows through with labor reforms remains a primary concern for House Democrats, according to Representative Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut. She's a member of the trade working group set up by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to work on USMCA improvements with the White House. Mexico's government is sincere about improving labor standards that would in turn help prevent U.S. companies from sending factories south of the border. But enforcement measures still need to be added to USMCA, she told AgriPulse. Hemp growers face major government hurdles. A Senate hearing yesterday on industrial hemp has underscored the difficulty of the task facing federal agencies trying to implement provisions of the 2018 Farm Bill so growers will be able to plant hemp next spring. One of the biggest obstacles uh, facing growers is getting FDA to legalize the use of cannabidol, or CBD, in food and dietary supplements. And FDA's Principal Deputy Commissioner of Food and Drugs, Amy Abernathy, told the Senate Ag Committee that her agency must investigate the potential safety implications of long-term use of CBD by different human and animal populations. FDA is trying to expedite regulations on hemp and CBD, but first must sift through more than 4,000 comments it received during a public comment period. 
having crop protection tools is crucial for hemp growers as well. Kentucky hemp grower Brian Furnish told the committee there currently is no herbicide, insecticide, or fungicide approved for use on hemp. EPA's Assistant Administrator for Chemical Safety and Prevention, Alexandra Dunn, said her agency has received 10 requests from pesticide registrants to add hemp to already existing labels. An interim final rule from USDA is now under interagency review at the Office of Management and Budget. Greg Ibaugh, Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, says he expects the rule to be out by early to mid-fall. Here's today's He Said It. In California, we don't see the politics. We see the principle, the facts. The world gets it, and these automobile makers get it as well. That Governor Newsom tweeting about his emissions deal with automakers. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, July 26th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West... I'm Jeff Daly.